Good morning. My name is Cindy Davidson, and I'm happy to welcome you here to the church on this blustery, cold, wintry morning. As a Unitarian Universalist congregation, we hold a diversity of convictions in a spirit of unity and mutual respect. Ours is an open-minded religion in which you are free to search for truth and meaning within a caring and supportive community. If you are a visitor here, a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here with us today. Please join us following the service for refreshments and conversation in Parish Hall, which you can reach through these doors. To find out more about our congregation, I encourage you to fill out the card you will find in the pew in front of you, and also to visit the welcome kiosk in Parish Hall. There you can also sign up for our weekly update emails. This congregation supports many programs and activities. Please check your order of service for what's coming up this week and the monthly newsletter will tell you all about what has happened in the past. Please take a moment now to ensure that you have silenced your cell phones. Thank you. And now we have a special announcement as part of our monthly giving away the plate offering. Good morning. I'm Con Thank you. Connie Counts. The collection plate this morning is going to support LYFS, Lexington's Youth and Family Services the free accessible adolescent counseling center at First Parish Church. Thanks to all of you, we are thriving. And especially, uh, we are thriving due to our youth advisory board, which has been invaluable to our success in the community. So I really, rather than me talking about the organization, I want to introduce two of its members to you, Vivek, and Mona, and Vivek will share his perspective on LYFS as a whole, and Mona will tell you about our exciting new initiative, SOS, Sources of Strength. And thanks so much to all of you for your wonderful support of our organization. Good morning. My name is Vivek Gopalakrishnan, and I'm a member of the Youth Board at Lexington Youth and Family Services. LYFS is a local nonprofit organization whose mission is to strengthen the safety net for Lexington teens and their family. LYFS is a safe and confidential place located on the side of First Parish Church. Every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m., we offer a free drop-in clinic where teens can seek help from a mental health professional. We are a resource for Lexington teens who are struggling, feeling stressed, anxious, depressed, or just need a place to talk and get some support. As a member of the Youth Board, I am not the one who is counseling the kids who need mental health support. Rather, the role of the Youth Board is to help identify and work to remove the sources of stress in teens' lives. We help design and conduct workshops, an example of which was the parent-teen dialogue we ran a few months ago, in which we taught families different strategies to help them communicate with each other. Additionally, we work extensively with town officials, school administrators, and parents who are committed to changing Lexington's stressful climate. All of us on the Youth Board are passionate about making a difference in Lexington's mental health, especially because we see the widespread negative effects of too much stress every day in our high school. While it is unfortunate that there is even a need for an organization such as ours, we are grateful for those at First Parish who allow us to operate within your church. We thank you for your kindness and your generosity and hope that you will continue to work with us to make Lexington a healthier community for teens. Thank you very much. Good morning. So 
I'm Mona Tavangar, and I'm going to be talking about Sources of Strength. So Sources of Strength is a program run by LYFS that works on building a connective and positive community within Lexington. We aim to reach people who are feeling hopeless or depressed or just lost, and we show them how to get help. So we started by selecting around 50 high schoolers from LHS to be the peer leaders in the program, as well as about 20 adults in the community to participate as the adult advisors. And at our initial training on a Saturday in November, the peer leaders and adult advisor met for five hours on, along with a sources of strength trainer. And we did team building activities, discussed how to talk to someone who is struggling, how to help them find help, and what our own sources of strength were in our own lives. Since then, we've had meetings about once a month to discuss more as well as working on tangible projects to implement within the community. Our first project, in our first project, we set up a table during the LHS lunch blocks and had students come and write what their source of strength was on a piece of paper and then take a picture with it. We've been periodically posting these pictures on our Facebook and Instagram page. So our Facebook page is Sources of Strength LHS and our Instagram page is at Sources of Strength LHS and we invite you to follow these pages to see what our next project will be. Yeah, thank you so much for supporting Sources of Strength and LYFS, and we're really grateful. Thank you. Welcome to First Parish, and welcome to this time of worship. We begin our time together in community by taking a few moments to greet one another. I will sound the, sing the singing bowl to mark the end of that time and a return to centering and quiet. Please greet one another.
Good morning. Glad everybody's car is started. Our call to worship this morning is from the words of Angela Herrera. Don't leave your broken heart at the door. Bring it to the altar of life. Don't leave your anger behind. It has high standards, and the world needs vision. Bring them with you, and your joy and your passion. Bring your loving and your courage and your conviction. Bring your need for healing and your powers to heal. There is work to do. And all that we need to do it is here. So let us come in and then reach beyond the walls of this church. Let us fill this sanctuary with love and then harness its power to stop oppression. Let us join together in worship and let us stand on the side of love. Please rise now in body or in spirit and join in singing our opening hymn, number 131, Love Will Guide Us. Jewett, and this is my canvas testimonial. Some philosophers consider a healthy life to have three distinct places. A home where you feel safe, a school or an office where you feel challenged and rewarded, and a third place where you share in community. My ideal third place would have to be founded on and guided by the most basic human principles. It would be led by wise and inspiring teachers. It would hold regular gatherings for sharing joys and sorrows and also for delving into the big questions. And it would gently but repeatedly remind me that I am a spirit inhabiting a human body. The community would either share my values or challenge me respectfully to dig deeper. It would include people of all ages, so everyone would have a chance to learn from their elders. And together, we'd create opportunities to bend the arc of history toward justice. So, did I just describe First Parish? 
Well, it's not far off. I mean, this place is full of reward if you go looking for it. Here's a personal example. I know it's hard to believe, but on occasion I've shown up here on a Sunday morning in a bad mood. <laughs> but by the end of the service, I always feel rejuvenated. So why is that? Well, thanks in part to the compassionate wisdom shared from the pulpit, thanks to the vitality and creativity Lisa Maria shares with our kids, and certainly thanks to the musical exuberance that Rip adds to the mix. Here's another example. Yesterday, Dave and I sent our son Ben to Washington, D.C. with the senior high youth group for their service trip. On this one trip, the kids will be getting their hands dirty in soup kitchens, homeless shelters, and even out on the street. But that's not all. Thanks to connections lined up by members of this congregation, they'll also get a glimpse into the machinations of social justice work at the highest levels of government. So I am grateful for First Parish, and I'd venture to say that I'm not alone. Which brings us back to Canvas. When we pledge, that money doesn't go off to line some distant coffer. Every penny we pledge supports this place right here, our third place. Let's keep it healthy. So please rise in body or spirit to join us in singing our sung response for the chalice light. which you will find printed on the inside cover of your order of service. Love, Love is the doctrine of this church, the quest for truth is the sacrament, and the service is its prayer. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth and the love, and to help one another to the end that all souls shall grow into harmony with the Please be seated. A responsive reading this morning was written by a friend and colleague of mine, Daryl Bridges. And your response is, we give it freely to all who accept it. We give it freely to all who accept it. We give it freely to all who accept it. In Greek, they speak of agape, the special relationship between human and divine, and the purest, more patient of relationships. Agape is the gift of deep connection and compassion for those who suffer. In English, we call this love. We give it freely to all who accept it. In Greek, they speak of storge, the special relationship between family members and friends. Storge is the bond that links parent to child, friend to friend, and gives us strength in times of great joy and sorrow. In English, we call this love. 
we give it freely. In Greek, they speak of eros, the affection and compassion for the body and the bond shared between partners. Eros is the intense and passionate experience of sharing ourselves with a chosen special few. In English, we call this love. We give it freely to all who accept it. In Greek, they speak of philia, the bond of friendship, allies, and companions. Philia is the connection between people who share experiences, share interests, and share a vision of the world. In English, we call this love. We give it freely. In Greek, they speak of love as agape, storge, eros, and philia. And in English, we speak of only one. When we speak of love in English, we speak of all these definitions and all the ways in which love affects our lives. With our one word, we speak of our love for family, friends, partners, communities, and strangers. For all these things, we have but one word. In English, we call it love. We give it freely. Let us love boldly. Let us love freely. Let us love openly and shamelessly. Let us love to love. Amen.
Love is a doctrine of the church. We say this every week in our unison affirmation, and then we continue the quest for truth of the sacrament and service is its prayer. The origins of our love seek and serve. And I want to talk about the love piece today, about the love in the world, but not because it's Valentine's Day. When I speak of love today, I'm not talking about loving a particular person or a particular thing, like how much I love dark chocolate. And maybe you do too. And maybe you're hoping to find someone you get home. And I'm not exactly talking about the love in the Penzi Spices motto. Do you know that one? Love people, cook them tasty food. That sounds good too. I'm speaking of a greater love, a love that is alive and actively creating good in the world. I have in mind a love that honors the inherent worth and dignity of all beings and the full humanity of all people. A namaste love that recognizes the spark of the divine in each and every being. A love that bears witness to all that is unfair, unjust, and harmful to others. A love made visible in acts of compassion and loving kindness. I have in mind the love heard round the world when we raise our voices, whether they're spoken, sung, signed, or scripted, and when we demand justice and fairness, especially for those voices who have been silenced or ignored. Now in our Christian sources, the second great commandment of the teacher Jesus is to love your neighbors as yourself. And the Jewish rabbi Hillel, from about the same time period, tells us, what is hateful to yourself, do not do to your fellow man. Both believed in the power of love and kindness to overcome hate, evil, and suffering in our world, in our everyday lives. So love your neighbors as yourself, sure thing. But uh, who are the neighbors? Well, if we try to Google map it, do you know Google map, zooming in and zooming out? Mm -hmm. Well, let's zoom in. We start off thinking about who are our little neighbors in the neighborhood. Then we expand our view, and we bring in our classmates, our work colleagues, our family that may live a little further away from our neighborhood. We bring in the those people, your neighbors here in the pews. Keep zooming further and further out, and soon enough, our neighbors become strangers to us in some respects. But we live in a time where the gifts of modern communications and media can share the stories and situations of people all over the world with us. Aren't we fortunate? Somewhere in this process of going from local to global and back again, the line between our neighbors and strangers does blur. But we are taught, love your neighbors and welcome the strangers. We are all in this together, more alike than different. So what might loving your neighbors and my neighbors and our neighbors and the strangers and the myths near and far look like in everyday life? Let's count some ways. Perhaps it's sticking up for another child in your classroom or on the playground who's being teased or bullied or left out because they're different in some way. Perhaps it's calling out an unkind, belittling, racist, or sexist comment, an off joke at your workplace or at a family or social gathering. 
perhaps it's mindfully using inclusive language that honors the full range of physical and gender expressions, helping others get comfortable with using people's preferred pronouns and the singular they. Perhaps it's fighting environmental racism to ensure that residents in communities like Flint, Michigan and on native reservations have access to clean, unleaded water and a just resolution to the crumbling infrastructure and their looming health crises. Perhaps it's protecting creatures in our earth home by changing our fossil fueled habits, our ways of life, policies, and infrastructures that pollute our air, water, and soils and contribute to climate change. Perhaps for you it's advocating for hospitality, compassion, and judgment for illegal immigrants, refugees, the incarcerated, and any others caught up in unjust systems of oppression. Perhaps, well, I could keep going because there's, there's no shortage of need, but I'll stop here with one request. When you're enjoying your next tasty meal or a most delicious piece of fair trade, child labor free dark chocolate, chew on this. What does loving your neighbor look like in your life? How will you practice love, seek, and serve? I hope that within this supportive and caring community, we each find our own ways to say yes to truth, to love, and to service. I hope that together, standing, seated, and rolling on the side of love, Love will guide us in changing the world. May it be so. Please rise and embody your spirit now to join our voices together for hymn number six, Just As Long As I Have Breath.
As Unitarian Universalists, we like to play the metaphor-simile game when describing our faith. And the metaphors would often ring true for anybody who has studied immigration in the United States. We're a melting pot, taking what we like from different traditions, ultimately resulting in a delicious meal, all with fair trade ingredients, of course, with no specific known provenance. Or we're a patchwork quilt, firmly stitching together a sacred text from this tradition, a ritual from another, creating a beautiful tapestry, but with distinct and boundaried edges. We're originally a progressive Christian faith, but like all progressive movements, are less concerned with orthodoxy and more concerned with being relevant and impactful to those whose hearts are torn, those whose lives are broken, in our world who need help and healing. For all the people who need someone to stand beside them and say, I'm here because we are siblings bound up together in creation. This is what standing on the side of love is about. The slogan for this campaign, standing on the side of love, comes from the marriage equality movement right here in Massachusetts in 2004. And the movement takes its name from both that slogan and a song we will sing later this morning written by the Reverend Jason Shelton. Mobilizing in 2008 after the violence targeted at LGBTQ people at our church in Knoxville, Tennessee, Standing on the Side of Love is a campaign of the Unitarian Universalist Association, although it welcomes all people who wish to join our efforts. Over the past eight years, the campaign has worked with, protested with, witnessed, and loved people confronting civil rights issues ranging from LGBTQ concerns, immigration rights, and most recently have allied with the Black Lives Matter movement. The Standing on the Side of Love movement brings liberal faith into the public square. I invite you, the next time you're watching the news of a protest somewhere or a demonstration, to look for bright yellow shirts. Pretty much in any Black Lives Matter footage that I have seen this year, I have seen people wearing the bright yellow of standing on the side of love. When you see people standing up to immigration and Sheriff Joe Arpaio, you will see people wearing the yellow shirts of standing on the side of love. So keep your eyes peeled when you're seeing the news to see our faith in action in public. We present ourselves to civic and governmental organizations and leaders to create a counterpoint to loud voices that promote hate and fear in our public square. Now, whether we are a melting pot faith or a patchwork quilt faith or some other beautiful metaphor, we are the love people. We respond to pain with love. We respond to hate with love. We respond to discrimination with love. We respond to systematic oppression with love. We respond to fear with love. Fifty years ago, Unitarian Universalists stood in love beside our siblings in faith and oppressed black people in this country to see civil rights reforms. Today, we do the same. Cindy shared with us many wonderful ways we can stand on the side of love in our daily lives outside of this sanctuary. In this community today, we have the opportunity to sign letters to government officials for Amnesty International after our service. 
These letters ask our officials to stand on the side of love for people around the world incarcerated for their beliefs or simply for who they are. As a people who stand up for love, these types of actions, protests, acts of kindness and solidarity are a necessary component of our faith. We are all manifestations of creation's love, and as a liberal progressive faith, we continue to work towards a world where love conquers all and people are treated with equality and respect. So, how do we live our UU values through the week? I want to share a brief story with you of how one girl figured a way out to do that. There was a girl named Riley whose family belonged to a Unitarian Universalist church. Riley went to church with her moms where once a week, every week, she learned about how love is the most powerful force in the world. She learned that if you have love in your heart, that is the first step to making the world better. When Riley was at church, it was easy to know that being a Unitarian Universalist means knowing that everyone is loved, that all people are intrinsically good and worthy, which means that even if sometimes people do bad things or say mean things, they are still worthy of love and care. The problem for Riley was that the further she got into her week, the harder it was for her to remember that one of the most important parts of being a Unitarian Universalist was remembering to see all people with love. That means sometimes you might come to church grouchy because all week you keep forgetting about your Unitarian Universalist love and then you need that weekly reminder. Well, Riley was the same way, just like Laura. And so by the end of the week, it was hard for her to remember. So Riley had an idea. What if she had something, something small, that she could put in all the places that she went during the week so wherever she was, she could remember that she was a Unitarian Universalist and a person who loved. It would be easier for her to remember to say things with love to others, easier for her actions to be done in loving kindness. So this is what she did. You all have fun little toys in your pews with you. She decided to create a person standing on the side of love. So take one of your sticks and fold it like this. So it almost looks like a solidarity bow, but long. This is going to be a head and two arms. And then you're going to take the second one, you're going to fold it in half, and twist the top like you're making a little twisty tie. So you've got a little torso and legs. Fold it in half, pinch and twist the top. So you've got the torso and legs. Then... You're going to take your torso and legs, your head and your arms, and attach them together. Just squeeze. The waxiness will make them stick. So you'll have a little person. Everybody doing okay so far? It's been a while since you crafted for some of you, huh? If you volunteer for Sunday school, you can do it all the time. <laughs> Serious. So if you're having fun today, come see me to volunteer. So put your person aside for a second, and now you're going to make a heart. So you're just going to bend and attach the two ends at a point in the bottom, poke down the top, and make a little notch for the heart, just like that. And then you're going to take your person, and you're going to put your heart on your person. And you can even wrap the little hands around it if you want. 
And now, you've got a little person standing on the side of love. So Riley, she made three of these, one for herself and one for each of her moms. Her moms put the sculptures on the windows of their cars because the wax makes them stick. Riley's put hers on her bedroom window, so every morning when she woke up, it was the first thing that she would see. Riley then made some for her friends and their parents. Some of her friends were Unitarian Universalists, some were Catholic, some were Muslim. Some didn't have a faith tradition at all. But everyone agreed that remembering to be loving in our words and actions to everyone is a good thing to do. And what happened in Riley's town was that more and more people had these little sculptures on windows, on desks, on bulletin boards, all over the place. So wherever Riley went, it was easier for her to remember the feelings she would have once a week on Sunday mornings and learned that being a Unitarian Universalist means that all are worthy of love. So think about where you want to put your standing on the side of love person. Where do you need to see this to remember your faith throughout the week? And they don't stain. So for those of you who've never played with wiki sticks before, which basically is anybody who doesn't have grandchildren or children under 10 right now, they don't stain, they don't crumble, so they're very easy to take away and not mar anything. Beautiful invention. And so we will now have the offering this morning. Our collection plate today will be given to the Lexington Youth and Family Services for all the good work they do in support of the young people of this community. When the youth of our community feel lost or alone with no place to turn, LYFS offers a loving hand, an understanding ear, and safe space. Let us support this organization today, not just by standing with them in love, but with our generosity today. I invite you now into our time of meditation and prayer. We begin with a spoken prayer, then have a minute of silence, 
and time for lighting candles in the back of the sanctuary. You're invited to light a candle for a joy, sorrow, or concern in your life. As we begin, we remember the names of those in our community who are in a time of transition. Today we hold in our hearts Dan Fenn, who was hospitalized at Mount Auburn on Thursday for testing, but he is expected to return home Monday. We also remember Phyllis Whitman at home recovering from pneumonia. We remember as well those who are not able to come to church today, who cannot keep their homes warm, who struggle with unemployment, who have sorrow over not having the family they wish for, who have loved to share and feel locked away from sharing it, and those who struggle with caring for ill family members. As we hold one another in our hearts, let us pray with the words of Dorothy May Emerson. Universal spirit of love, O God within each one of us, whose power reaches to the stars, whose love connects one to another and to all creation, we are one. We cry out with the pain of this broken world, with all our capacity for love, we ask, why can't we wrap this world in love and bring healing? We confess that we are not always able to express the love we know is inside us. We feel constricted and hesitant, afraid that our love will be rejected or misused. We pray for forgiveness, that we may learn to forgive others and accept the forgiveness of others. Help us let go of fear so we can move on, opening our hearts to one another, we pray for empowerment that we may learn to love more fully, that our love shine forth from this sacred place, that others may know that here they will find freedom, acceptance, community, and love. We give thanks for the blessings of love in our lives and for the chance we have to love again and always. May we feel the love inside us, connecting with the love in each other and the stars. Amen. Does it be.
Please rise in body or spirit for our closing hymn. You will find it in your teal hymnal, number 1014, Standing on the Side of Love. From Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s 1967 address to the anti-war group Clergy and Lady Concerned. When I speak of love, I am not speaking of some sentimental and weak response. I am speaking of that force which all the great religions have seen as the supreme, unifying principle of life. Love is somehow the key that unlocks the door which leads to ultimate reality. This Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, Buddhist belief about ultimate reality is beautifully summed up in the first epistle of St. John. Let us love one another, for love is God, and everything that loves is born of God and knows God. Please join in singing the response to our chalice being extinguished in the front cover of your order of service. 